morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this. My name is Yvette Wanzu and welcome back to the Walking with Wanzu podcast. How are you? How have you been? Has life been kind to you? It's been treating you good? Tough times? I'm sending you love and hugs nonetheless. Welcome back to the podcast. Enjoy listening. Hi guys, just before we get into the episode, I want to apologize for some of the background noise and interruptions that you will hear during this recording. It was really unavoidable because there's a lot going on at home. However, this conversation needed to be had. Happy listening and I will see you on the next one. Bye. Hello guys, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Wanzu, if you're new on here. Thank you so much for all the feedback I have been getting. Thank you so much for engaging with my content. Honestly, I feel so happy, so blessed, and so validated. If you're new here, this is a platform where I like to talk about all things life experiences, but mostly through my own lens and through my own experiences. I'm so happy when I get messages of some of you chatting me on the side and telling me some of the things that you resonated with and also some of your own personal stories and so have some coffee have some tea grab your tub of ice cream and sit down and let's chat today i want us to talk about something that honestly we all have on our head and if you don't perhaps it's because of a certain medical condition but it's something that we are all affected by and it's something that we all have um it could be growing in different parts of your body but the one i want to talk about today is the hair on your head let's talk about hair guys let's 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 try let's get right into it now the conversation on hair is a lengthy one and everyone seems to have an opinion and their views and how they stand by it um as an african woman i know that my hair hair is a very political topic for me it has been used in different ways to express and convey different things sometimes even political statements and so hair is a huge part of the african culture um especially more so back in the day during the traditional times um hair was used to portray different types of things it was used to convey messages it was used as a form of identity and description and it's just a really wide topic but i'm going to try and get into it as much as i can so of course your girl went and did a bit a little bit of research um spoke to a few people both male and female cuz I was really eager to know what people's opinions on hair different types of hairstyles and because we are all living in a culture where we we try to create what is uh, quote unquote socially acceptable and not and we are constantly trying to defy and define beauty standards i wanted to hear as many opinions as i could in as much as i have my own right so let's get into hair textures just to get a bit of understanding as far as what hair looks like so there are different um the hair texture chart unless it's been updated but the hair texture chart from what i know ranges anywhere between 1 and 4c hair so you have one what is rated as one on the hair hair chart is born straight hair so now we're talking about maybe like kind of caucasian hair those um hair uh, people who are like european you know like mostly white people basically the kind of bone straight hair that they have that's one and then there's two 2a 2b 2c that's wavy hair right so think of anybody who has i mean they seem 
So they're not quote unquote, I would say black, but they have like kind of loose curls. So that's wavy hair, that's two. And then now we get into hair that's starting to look a bit more like mixed race, like someone is mixed race. So someone is maybe a blend of like Caucasian or whatever and African. Then now we come into the 3A, 3B and 3C kind of hair. And that's curly hair. So it's not wavy, it's curly. And that's mixed race hair. In Africa, you could, um, that kind of hair, you could identify it with people like Ethiopians, Eritreans, um, Somalis, some Somalis. Their hair is is curly, right? And it, it's also very, very soft, that kind of texture. And then now you come into what I would say is is African hair, like um, it's it's very kinky, it's 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 um it's very textured, and the tie the the curls are very tight and close together, and that's the four A, the four B, and the four C kind of hair. And if you're living in Nairobi, Kenya, like I am, and you're 100% African in origin, then probably not not even necessarily African, but I would say from Kenya um, and most parts of Africa, that that's the kind of hair texture that you have. You have um, hair that is, 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 is not very soft in texture and the tight the, the curls are very tight and close together. So that's the 4A, 4B, and 4C hair. I think 4C hair is, is the... The, the one that has the most tight curls, it's what we would refer to as very um, uh, tough, kinky hair. And then the 4A and 4B have a bit of looser curls, yeah? So there we go. Now, hair over time, um, especially, and I would love to speak from my experience as an African woman, um, hair in the African culture was used as a form of expression. And I think that's something that we often lose sight of when we try to define what societal beauty standards and what is considered the norm and is is good to look at is concerned. Um, different hairstyles symbolize different things, and hair was used as a form of expression. I cannot I cannot emphasize this enough. So um, back in the day, um, in, in, in the traditional African society, leaders and warriors used to wear their hair in different kind of styles to symbolize, for leaders to symbolize the amount of power that they held, for warriors to symbolize that they were going into war, um, and also just, uh, you know, as a sign of bravery and, and, and a form of expression, really. So for the leaders, um, if you go back into ancient Egyptian times, um, Kemet, if I'm not wrong, and that's where uh, dreadlocks are believed to have originated from. The, Egy- the Egyptian leaders there used to grow their hairs really long, especially the males, right? Because... Um, uh, in, in ancient African history, of course, most of the leaders were predominantly male, yeah? Although Egyptians had female leaders as well, and so did other communities. And so the leaders there used to grow their hair very long. They had locks, and they would grow them very, very long. Some are even believed to have wrapped around their ankles. That's how long they grew their locks. And this would symbolize power. It would, you know, it would just symbolize the amount of power and dominance that you have. For the warriors, of course, they would make their hair in different hairstyles just to be able to ignite bravery and just give them a form of expression. And then also now, if we take it way, way a bit forward into slavery and the slave trade and everything that happened during that time, some of the slaves... Um, especially the women, right? Because they had beautiful, of course, hair and they used to make their hairs in different ways. 
slaves back in the day used to make their hairs to symbol to create roadmaps yeah um some of the hairstyles they had on their head or some of the hairstyles that they made um mostly um which incorporated cornrows mostly cornrows are what we like to call lines for those of you who who, who refer to it in a different name and so those who the cornrows were made to signify different things they were meant to send a message maybe to show that we need to get ready um to escape some were even made um in very intricate details to be able to show the map that they would follow once they escaped and were trying to find their way to freedom. And that was how some of the slaves used hairstyles. And and most of them back in the day had certain meanings attached to them. Um, hair also symbolized rites of passage. I know um, in Kenya, among the Maasai, we normally have the men uh, put on, they have locks, like very, like almost um, what you would call sister locks or micro locks. And then they normally put red ochre, a bit of color on their locks. And this is used to, to signify different rites of passage that men go through in the Maasai culture. I also know that Maasai women like to shave their hair bald. I mean, they look like turtle buddies and of course they look cute. And so that is also just as a symbol to show different rites of passage that they're going through. Um, uh, through um, among the Turkana, uh, those who are in Northern Kenya, I know most of them are identified by shaving their hair bald and leaving some sort of like a mohawk here at the top, which is so cute. When I talk about shaving your hair bald and leaving a bit of hair that looks like a mohawk, it reminds me of Joy Mboya. I always thought she was so cool and so amazing. I remember there was this one time I was in town in the CVD and I was walking with my mom and we met her. And I just remember looking at her, like staring full blown as she was walking towards us. And even after she walked past, I just turned and stared at her and I always found her sense of style so um so eccentric if I may say so it was very expressive very loud and very unique to her and man did I love her hair and it also didn't help that she had a nose ring I just thought she was so cool and really owned her authenticity and her vibrance and just her African beauty. I loved Joy Boy. I still do, even up to date. Um, I think her style is one of, of the many um, types of styles or like her as a woman is one of the many people that I look up to. And so um, back to it, as we talk about uh, different hairstyles and what they meant was for some people, it's a transi transitioning phase and shedding of energy. I was talking to someone as I was sharing about the hair um, conversation, and I was telling them that hair carries a lot of energy. And that's why for a lot of women, when they're going through different um when they're transitioning through different phases of their life, whether it's mourning, whether it's like a divorce, whether most of the time it's not usually the most pleasant experience. Sometimes it is. Maybe they're just transitioning from a really bad job into a really good job, like very significant phases in their lives where they're transition, transitioning. You'll find that most women shave off their hair and try to grow it anew. And that's because hair carries a lot of energy. And it's something that we have on us that doesn't shed off, right? It's not like your finger nails where you will cut them every week or every two weeks and this is your day a weekly reminder to cut your nails okay don't be walking around with open shoes and crusty ass nails this is also your reminder to get a pedicure and if the economy is not doing what it needs to do then girl get your own pedicure scrap your feet and if you're sitting there with your significant other why don't you treat them to a pedicure today do something nice do something nice for your girl and for your man okay yeah so um 
and I was telling them, so back to the conversation, and I was telling this person that hair is such, it carries so much energy because it goes with you through different phases of life, loss, um, grief, um, happiness, finding love, um, transitioning into being parents, like just different phases of life, you have your hair with you. And so it carries a lot of energy and a lot of history, right? And sometimes when you feel the need to want to start, start anew or even transition into something else, then you feel the need to want to cut off your hair. I know that's a truth. That's a huge truth for me personally. Um, and so uh, for some people, uh, for some societies, um, they wear their hair covered to protect, to, to, to portray um, certain religious practices. I know like Muslim women, most of them are not allowed for them to show off their hair. Um, perhaps if it's only your dad or your brothers, those are the only people who can see your hair. But for other people, especially male um men rather then you're required to cover your hair whether it's in a turban or if it's in a hijab or whatever it is that you choose to cover it in your hair needs to stay covered and that's their way of life and that's how they choose to do it i know of um christians as well who do that they are, they are corino people um there are also different um, religions as far as uh, different denominations as far as Christianity is concerned, where they believe that your hair should stay covered. And that's just how they choose to express themselves through hair. Um, maybe briefly, if I could just um, talk about my own experience and how I have transitioned with my hair over time. And so I never knew that I had such beautiful hair that was capable of growing to incredible lengths, yeah? Um, but one thing also that defines my hair is my hair is very fine. And so I don't have a lot of hair on my head. But my when my hair is at its, its healthiest and at, at it, its best, it definitely does grow. Now, if you're hearing my intro, you see how I am just insisting on the growth part because I feel like part of me has been conditioned to believe that for hair to look good and for a girl to be beautiful, then your hair needs to be long. And then that, you know, to, to have a certain amount of length. And that's something that I am consciously trying to unlearn. Um, whether it's my sense of style or how I choose to dress and, and, and present myself, I have always believed that that should be a form of expression. Of course, every place that you go to and everywhere that you visit and, and different kind of places that you're in should have has its own set of rules on how you're supposed to, to come across and present yourself. And that's okay, whether it's at work, in church, um, at home. There's a certain kind of aesthetic that comes with being in different places that you need to um, consciously or unconsciously subscribe to, right? Um, and so for me, I when I was younger, of course, the goal was to have beautiful long hair. And I was me, I was channeling Rapunzel, if for those of you um, who didn't, you know, who, who identify. Um, and so because I was in a Seventh-day Adventist school um, when I was starting school for the better part of pre-primary, um, well into class one, two, and three, I was in a Seventh-day Adventist school. And for those who do not know about the Seventh-day Adventist um, kind of practice is most of them advocate for women to have short hair, right? And so not out of choice, but out of necessity and the rules that were in my school, then I was required to shave my hair. And so I had short hair for the longest time. I had short hair from age, um, from age four up to around age eight, nine. 
um, nine, in fact, I want to say eight years old, right? So I transferred from that school when I was in class three and I was eight years old then and then went into a different school. Um, of course, during the holidays, because I had this awesome cousin, shout out to you, you know yourself, she would always try and experiment and do cute, cute things with me. So, of course, during the day, uh, during the holidays, and I would sneak in some braids here and there, some cornrows, you know, nini, just look cute. Um, and then when the school term starts, then I would have my hair shaved, right? So I would shave my hair. Um, and that, and that was, you know, it was just, it was just how I wore my hair at the time. And then I transitioned into, I transitioned as I got, as I went um, into a different school. And, and now in that school, then of course the girls were allowed to braid. You could have your hair palmed. You could have your hair straight in like um, a blow dry or something. And so I, I, you know, now I started experimenting with my hair and growing it. So of course I was braiding it more and more and it grew longer and longer and longer. And then... I continued braiding and then when I was in class five, um, some of my cousins had already started because um, sometimes kinky hair can be a bit difficult to deal with, 4B, 4, 4C kind of hair uh, with, a, with a closer curls. And so our parents, uh, our moms opted to perm our hair. So for me and some of my cousins, so I had a perm um, for the better part of class five, six and seven. And by that time I was... Um, from, so from age nine to age 12, then I had a palm. And so we would go for three months with a palm and then a month to relax you, like uh, do cornrows or braids. And then you go back into the palm and a palm just makes your hair easier to maintain. Um, of course, over the weekend, then you can put some, 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 some curls, you know, just look cute. It was just a nice, cute little hairstyle also for experimenting with. And during this time is when I would say my hair was at, at its prime. It was beautiful. It was long. It was giving. It was glowing. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so uh, in class seven, then we ran into a few issues. And so we were, we were basically just transitioning in life, right? Um, and so I didn't, I couldn't take care of my hair. I couldn't maintain the perm. And so my mom opted to just braid it often. So we, we used to do the braids and the cornrows, the braids and the cornrows. And then one day when I was 13, I want to say, actually, I was 14. Yeah, 14, 15, I got into some trouble. And of course, we all know if you have an African mom, then they think that because your hair is long and luscious and you're in the prime of adolescence, you think that that hair is what is going to make you disrespect people in that home. And so as a form of discipline, she chose to cut my hair. And that was the first time I had my hair shot in a long time and more so as a teenager. And we all know how conscious teenagers are of their looks and how they identify and how even, because that's when you're starting, starting to, to see boys noticing you and you're trying also yourself to look your best and just look cute. And so it took a bit of a hit on my self-esteem. But one thing I'll never forget was, um, so a day after my hair was cut and I was really feeling self-conscious. And so I was always walking around in a hoodie or a Marvin. And one of my friends saw me um, uh, like doing the dishes and I, I had removed my Marvin. And she was like, oh, you cut your hair? Oh my God, you look so cute. You look so nice. Um, and then, And then I wasn't feeling so so self-conscious I was feeling better um and so that boosted my self-esteem a little bit and I wasn't feeling that bad and then 
So I continued um, to rock my short hair for a minute. And then after that, I just started braiding again and my hair grew long again. And then the time where my hair was thriving the most was when I got expectant, right? And when I was expectant, my hair wasn't too long. It wasn't really short. It's like I was rocking um, a medium fro, right? And so that's when I started experimenting with like twists out. Sometimes I would slick my hair back with gel. And I think because of the hormones and everything that was going on, my hair was really thriving. Like I was looking really cute. My hair was was all natural, but it was just, I had my edges. I could experiment, like I could do twist outs and it was, I had a full head of hair. I was just feeling really, really beautiful. And then after I had my baby, of course, I had postpartum hair loss, right? So I decided to do a mohawk and I cut the better part of my hair, like three quarters of my hair and left hair just at the top in the middle. And then, so I would do different hairstyles with it. I would do braids. I would put like a weave. I would crochet it. I, like, I just, I was really experimenting with it. And then when I was done with that, then I went and got a pixie cut. Now, a pixie cut, that was me channeling my inner Vivica Fox, me channeling my inner Halle Berry. And I was still looking cute because I know how to make hair. So I know how to finesse the different kind of hairstyles that I have to give me the kind of aesthetic that I want in that particular moment. Um, so I continued with my pixie cut and then I was over it because you know that you can only rock a pixie cut for so long and pixie cuts are so high maintenance. So I started braiding again and then when I started braiding again, I grew my hair long. And then um, after I grew my hair long now, I was in braids for a number of years and that's well into my 20s. And then in 2020, um, during the pandemic, I was like, I need to try something new. So I started watching a lot of YouTube videos that talked about dreadlocks and how you can start your own locks and how you can grow them. And I have always wanted to grow locks at some point in my life. So I said, you know, so I just, I, my hair was natural at the time. And so I did twists and started transitioning into locks and I did transition into locks and my locks grew and I I, re, I, re, I retouched them for a couple of months and then in in 2020 was it I, I want to say in 2020 or was it in 2021 now I can't remember the dates are really all jumbled up I quit my job so when I quit my job um one of my really close people moved uh countries and so she went to study abroad and it was just a season in my life where I was experiencing a lot of loss but also a lot of transitioning right so I felt that I just wanted to shave my hair so I went to have my locks retwisted and instead of having them redone I just shaved my hair off and I colored it some. And that's the shortest I've ever had my hair as a grown-up. And something about that made me feel so empowered, so cute. I don't know what it was. And then there's also something about a woman, and this is an aesthetic that I really like. There's something about a woman wearing an off-shoulder top and then you have your clavicle all out and you have short hair and you're rocking like big-ass hoops. Mm. It's it's giving cute, bold. It's just, you, it just makes you look like a total baddie. Yeah. So I really loved that. And I rocked that for a while, but now I got into the hair business. So I was selling wigs and weaves, which I still do. If you need a plug, by the way, shameless plug. Um, so I, I just to, to be able to also have my clients know that I'm selling good quality hair. Then I started rocking the wigs and the weaves. And I really enjoyed that phase because I was experimenting with it. I was getting to um, know how to make hair and just make hair in different types of ways. And that was really, really fun doing. 
Um, and then after that, I was just, I don't know what happened. I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore. So I got into this phase where I was rocking a lot of turbans. And I love turbans. Even up to now, you always find me rocking turbans. But I also knew that wigs and weaves were not my kind of thing. And I wanted locks. I really wanted locks. I feel like there's something about a woman um, having her hair in its most natural form um and then not just letting it thrive in that form and for me that was dreadlocks so um i went and got i went and got um temporary locks installed and started transitioning my hair into locks and that's where i'm at now at the moment i love locks to be honest i love um rocking my hair in its most natural state because it um you know, rocking my hand, it's not most natural state. It's very convenient for me. Think of when you're working out with all that sweat. You don't have to worry about it. You can always just go under the shower and clean your hair. If you're swimming, you know, um, and you don't want to, you know, you don't have to worry about deep conditioning and doing all that. If you're making out with someone, you don't have to worry about holding your wig in place because it's going to fall and what's underneath is not cute. And that's just, and, um, and also with locks, it's like you get to get, especially temporary ones, you get to get the kind of length that you want, even as you transition. Because one thing about dreadlocks is the transitional phase up to when your dreadlocks mature can be quite tricky and very hard to work around. And so that has been my hair journey. Now, I want to swing into something that I know a lot of us now is where we want to get into the meat of the conversation. And that's what is socially acceptable acceptable and societal beauty standards. Now, for those of you who have your opinions, I just want to say that we all have different um, views as far as what is beautiful and what is acceptable to us is. But where we go wrong is where we try to impose those beliefs on other people. And I don't know about you, but because of the kind of pressure that is in now on Instagram and on TikTok and all these things that we see, especially on the interwebs, because the internet has a lot of things and has all these ideas and notions and with trends coming in and out every now and then, um, we all want to push certain narratives as far as what is socially acceptable is and what socially acceptable beauty standards are. And I've always seen like now women are rocking their cute um, wigs. They've learned how to lay them. And if you're not observant enough, you'd think that's, you know, it's like straight bone hair growing on an African babe. And it looks good. And if that's the aesthetic that you're going for, and if that's what you're feeling at the moment, then more power to you, you do that. Then, of course, there's the natural hair movement where the women are coming out with their froze, they're coming out with their twist outs, they're, you know, they're doing their hair in different kind of um ponytails and all of that and I love to see that and there's the women who just prefer their hair short so there's short where you have the 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 pixie cut where you look like um Halle Berry where you look like Vivica Fox where you're channeling Nia Long back in the day and then there's the the, the babes who love their braids now so you're giving poetic justice like Janet Jackson back in the day um you know, just cute, um, cute uh, looking braids, whether it's box braids, whether it's twists. Um, then there are women who just want to go full on bald, like Amber, what was her name? Um, um, I don't know why I'm forgetting her name. There's Wiz Amber Rose, right? That's Wiz Khalifa's um, partner back in the day. 
so there are people who like to channel such kind of hair. And honestly, I really, really admire because I feel like to be a to be bald like there's a certain kind of head shape that you need to have um there's a way your i don't know what to call it in english your kisogo right there's a way your hair needs to be shaped almost like um and this is not to be offense offensive to anyone i find this so attractive incredibly attractive it's like like an egg egg shaped kind of head and there's a way it just looks when you're bald ah it's giving because when you're bald like that and then you put like some kind of color i don't know like blonde or whatever it looks so cute it looks beautiful and for me i really find that there's a certain kind of freedom that comes with just having short hair and, and whatever it is that even prompted me to kind of do this episode is i really wanted to And so what is really sparking this hair conversation for me is because I'm in a phase where I feel like I am transitioning again. And I feel like transition for me normally goes into a two-year period. So life will be in a certain type of way for two years and then a different type of way for another two years and then a different type of way for another two years. And I, I am in a space where, of course, I recently turned 30. I cannot say that enough on this podcast. I'm so excited to be on the third floor. Uh, but I'm also just in a space where okay, I don't have time to do things that don't serve me. I don't, I just, I don't have time to not dwell and move and live in my authenticity, right? So I'm in a space where I want to do just that and, and thrive while I'm at it. Because there's a certain kind of liberation and truth that comes with just living in your own authentic truth. And the truth is because of how I have manipulated my hair over time and just done so many things on it, it has been colored, it has had so many things done on it. It's currently not at its best state, certainly not at its healthiest. And I recently even had a conversation with my loctician and they were telling me, you know what, I feel like your strands are very fine, which is something that I know. I have very fine hair with very fine strands. And so he was telling me for the, um, for the size of the locks that we went for, I feel like they're weighing your hair down and that's why your hair is not thriving at the moment so perhaps we could consider um transitioning you into smaller locks and this is something that i knew but despite knowing it i was still here insisting that i wanted the thicker locks so um i'm at a space where i'm i'm considering heavily heavily just shaving it all off um just cutting all my hair and then just growing it back better fuller healthier and then now trying to see if i can get sister locks installed because something that that's something that i really really want but i can't wait to get into my prime like into my 40s and my 50s and i have all these beautiful long just beautiful long locks like sister locks or starter locks that that would be perfect for me um and so let's learn to be a little bit gracious and a bit more accepting to people as they go through different transitions and just wear their hair in different ways and we see it we see their parents um who out of choice choose not to cut their children's hair. I, for instance, never cut my daughter's hair. The kind of hair that she had on her head when she was born, it's like it kind of transitioned and cut, and then now she has the hair that she has on her head now. But not for a moment did I ever want to cut, to shave her hair. I know parents who also have male children who do not want to cut their baby's hair, and they love it like that. And that's great. I know some of us who just love locks and have embraced it, and there are different types of locks. And some we cringe upon. You know, we have the free-form locks that's giving Bob Marley, um, we have the Lauryn Hill kind of locks, the thick, juicy, luscious locks. 
and they're just different ways to hair your to wear your hair. There are those who like to perm their hair, and they have the beautiful slicked back kind of look, the, the and the bone straight hair. We have those who texturize their natural hair just to make it a bit more manageable. The truth is, hair can be used as a form of identity, but most importantly, as a form of expression. And I like to push the narrative and also just use this space as a space where we grant people being and just let people be. And so as you go out there and just look at the, the different types of, of, of just ways that people wear their hair, most so women, because we're the ones who don't shave our hair all the time and love to experiment and do our hair in different kinds of hairstyles, please extend grace. Now for the men, it's not your job to come and start changing your partner. Oh, you know, I think I, d I don't like those weaves. I think you should just wear your natural hair. Or if she has her natural hair and she's rocking it in, in the best form she can, now you, you want to come on here and start telling her things like, you don't like wigs. I think you should, you, should, um, you should texturize your hair. I think you need a perm. I think you need this. And I think you need that. Just be accepting of whatever phase people are in. And that's not to say that you let people walk around looking dusty and crusty. No. That's just to say, allow people to just express themselves using their hair in the best form and in the best way they know how. And just to accept that sometimes it's a constant change that they'll be going through, or sometimes they've actually found something that they love and identify with and they want to keep it that way. So let's just learn and be accepting of people and grant people being. And for society, it's not your job to just go and, and, and carve out all these notions and impose them on people. Let's just grant each other being and freedom. The hair conversation is unending. It can go on and on and on. But I think the biggest takeaway from this conversation, even as I leave you, is let's validate, let's accept, let's, you know, let's appreciate. And let's just know that hair is just what it is. It's something beautiful that grows on our head and in other areas of the body. Ow. <laughs> But it's something that we need to be more accepting of and have an open mind, even as we see different kind of things. And as we see people just move in different kind of ways. Love and light. Thank you so much for listening in. I'm sending you all the hugs and all the loves and all the love. Yes, I will see you on the next one. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and being part of my journey. I would love to hear from you. Find me on Instagram at Yvette Wanzu. Find me on Gmail at tewanzu at gmail.com. Feel free to write to me so that we can interact and get to know each other a little bit better. Thank you so much for being part of my journey and for working with me and doing this thing called life with me. See, we just do life together. Ama, have a good one. Sending you love and light and I will see you on the next one. Bye.